You didn't ask for it, but here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Flynn, take it away. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bourbon and Brothers podcast. My name is Flynn. I'm going to be one of the hosts, unfortunately, for the evening. I'm here with my fellow hosts, Andrew Hovecamp. I really hope our Patreon subscribers get the pre- pre-episode on this one. But uh, I don't. how's it going, guys? Uh, <laughs> Kevin's here. What? Kevin's here. <laughs> what? And, and, and Jake. Jake from State Farm. From, from State Nationwide, Farm. actually. It's really weird. <laughs> Jake from uh, the Piano. Yeah. Jake the penis. Boom shakalaka. Yeah, Jacob. Good Lord. Forgot Jacob's my catchphrase. Super excited or not excited at all to be here. We can't tell. I guess we'll find that out as the episode goes. Uh, so be sure to follow us on the Twitters and the Instagrams at AiredBNB. If you would like to become a patron of the Patreon of the show or whatever you call it, uh, go to patreon.com slash AiredBNB um, and help us out there. So tonight I am so drinking. So you can pay pretty so that he can be even happier yeah. or more upset. To or, be here. Uh, yeah. He's already been on strike a couple times, so... Hey, Flynn, before we talk about what we're drinking, though, like, um, it's it's uh, early February. The groundhog has seen his shadow. People are uh, going to get at least six more weeks of winter. Which um, is what we it, had today, yesterday. Oh, yeah. it's Yeah, everybody's it snowed in, in, including us. Um, but I thought it might be a cool idea to just send a quick uh, unsponsored shout out to our friends at uh, You Meet in a Tavern, who just started season three of their podcast. Um, Jacob Pridey is their uh, music director as well. You want to give us a quick uh, 10 second spiel about what we can expect in You Meet in a Tavern season three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was going to say. I was going to say um, <clears throat> the other podcast that I work on. Um, they uh, you know, pay me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Well, you Meet in a Tavern. Yeah, so they, right. they, they do pay that's you. That's true. Uh, you meet in a tavern. Season three uh, is you meet in a tavern. Yep, and that's the uh, ten noir. seconds. So thank you, pretty. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Everyone, go listen. So, Flynn, you were saying <laughs> that's a good podcast. <laughs> so, so we have we have reached out, and, and Jacob makes the music. He could just insert our promos into their podcast uh and they literally I actually have. am gonna do that joe joe just sent me he was like hey are you still cool to edit the the podcast episodes i'm like yeah but i'm totally gonna just drop in yeah. a promo they have thousands of listeners and we have tens so let's let's get some of their listeners to listen to our nonsense uh while they listen to that nonsense as well it's a DD podcast it's fantastic you should listen to it if you like us yes. you might like them because they're very similar in, in weirdness we're also friends with them speaking of it's february um it is a new feeling for me that it is February. Never been in February before. <laughs> no, I've never been no. in February, where the Bengals are still playing football, and it is on to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. I I I don't know how to feel. I, I was overcome with emotion. I just stared at the screen when we made the the Super Bowl. I mean, it was fantastic. So tonight I am drinking 
a bottle that I have gotten. Um, it was a barrel pick done by one of the groups that I'm in. Um, it's called The Senator. Um, it is a barrel-proof straight rye. It's about six years old. Um, it's 115.68% alcohol, uh, so it's 57.84 proof. It's very, <laughs> very specific. It's 106% alcohol. There's, there's more than 100% oh, alcohol in that. No, 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 no. no it's it's 115.68 proof. My bad. Flynn has taken um, this 80 proof is water thing really far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but it has a cool uh, sticker of Joe Burrow um, on the back, which is pretty cool. Um, it is it is out of he's a senator. Yeah, he's a senator, and Joe we trust. Um, it is out of MGP, which is uh, what the Seagrams used to be. So um, it's actually their own stuff. So they're not sourcing it anywhere. They're selling this as a as a specific label that people can do barrel picks of. Um, it is very good. I think Kevin tried it, and I think Jacob might have tried it as well. Um, I did. It's, it, it is very really good. good. Really I, I've also good. tried it. So, did you try Screw it? You. I don't think you did. Not not yours, but I've tried it. Oh, you tried? Yeah. There's been other. Yeah, but no, yeah. no. His is different. There's only it's one senator. Okay. <laughs> Mine tastes Shit, like winning because the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> mine tastes like friendship. <laughs> Which that's I think not is good. more important. That, no, that's I thought we good. were about to turn that into a Bengals uh, Steelers take. There, I was no, like, Ooh, he, man. He, no. no, I can do that by holding up the six fingers that represent all of our championships. <laughs> I can hold up the one finger that represents the Jets championship, but we beat the Bengals this year. They're in the you Super did. Bowl, and that's awesome. You did with our third string quarterback. So, Kevin, what uh, are you drinking? I am drinking. On that note, um, I'm, I'm drinking something interesting that I'm having for the first time tonight. Uh, I, I've seen it gaining notoriety in the bourbon Facebook groups that we're in. It's called Penelope. Uh, Penelope bourbon. Uh, Penelope. I'm drinking the red label, which is a uh, straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, it's a four grain, so it has corn, rye, wheat, and malted barley in it, um, and it's barrel strength. So it comes out at 115.8 proof. So for Flynn, that's 57.9 percent alcohol. Um, Got it. Got it. Batch number eight out of there, out of those guys, it's been aged uh, a minimum of 67 months, and that's something that they hand right on the bottles, which is pretty good. That is um, multi- over five years. Over five and a half years. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, well, you know, some people might not want to convert months to years. I hear you. I hear you. I actually asked uh, the Alexa to do that math for me before I was uh, coming tonight to prep for what 67 months meant. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> it's distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and uh, bottled in uh, by Penelope Bourbon Bottling Company in Bardstown, Kentucky. So it's not from Kentucky, but it's Kentucky-adjacent. It's really, really good. Um, this one, they have a black label that's about $70. This one is the red label, which is about $60. And then there's a, a, another one that's, I think, a small batch that's maybe closer to 45 or 50 But I would really recommend this a lot. It's fantastic. I don't think I went with the black label because I'm pretty sure it was a high rye or something like that versus this being something that was more of a barrel strength, four grain, um, and you guys know I like the weeded bourbons, and so I'm, I'm really, really loving this. So I would give Penelope a try if you get a minute. Hove, what you sipping on? I am sipping on Michter's Small Batch Unblended American Whiskey. Um, so it is not bourbon, but it is um, unblended American whiskey, pre-Revolutionary War quality standards, 1753, 83.4 proof. Um, 
This was a gift from Flynn for, I don't really know the reason, but I'm not going to turn it down because it's, it's good stuff. Um, it is heavily coated in wax, not from Michter's, but from Flynn, which made it virtually impossible to open. I broke a pencil, used a 50 cal bottle opener, and a steak knife. The steak knife was the most effective. As um, we said it would be. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, vindication well, the for you guys. Congratulations. The bayonet might have been better, but the steak <laughs> the knife would have been better. Um, Machete would have worked. So, I w- you know, I'd like to look on the top or something for anything, but that's covered in wax. On the back, though, uh, it says, Zoom, zoom, zoom. Bourbon makes my heart go boom, boom, boom. Bourbon and Brothers Comedy Podcast. So I'm not getting much info there. Um, <laughs> so I turned to the interwebs. And I was they gonna have say, I wish you had access a little to bit. the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um it is whiskey soaked American white oak barrels. Um, it's aged in a way that utilizes whiskey soaked barrels to achieve rich and unique flavor. And um, it's supposed to taste Never. deep butterscotch and vanilla notes with hint of caramel and dried fruit and a ripened fruit finish. I'm not that uh, clever on the palate. It's good. Pretty. Is it called a bourbon? No, no. it's an uh, unblended American whiskey. Bourbon. So do you think that's just because what they're just doing is reusing bourbon barrels? And calling yes. them whiskey-soaked barrels? Yes, 100%. Yes, that, is 100%, that is 100% what they're doing. Yeah. All right. All right. Creative marketing right. from Michter's. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> pretty pretty smart for like, oh, we don't want to get more barrels right now. We'll just but use this these is, again. But this is only 83 proof, so... Basically um, nothing. I'm pretty much going to be sober all night drinking this. I'm sure. Yeah, geez. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that um, turns out. See, I thought I thought Hope Camp, I thought you were gonna talk about the limited edition special collectors, rare you can't find it anywhere, uh, Bourbon and Brothers podcast collector bourbon bottles. No, um, no. I thought that's what that I was. I don't have any to, of those. That, okay, <laughs> I have Victor's. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I'm drinking. Um, I cracked into uh, to some of the the holiday uh, stash gifts. Um, so this one is from uh, my future in-laws. Uh, this is Maker's Mark, uh, the 101, the special uh, edition 101 that they released. Um, you know, we've all had Maker's. Everyone knows about Maker's. Uh, it's pretty solid. It, it, Maker's for me is very much like, a, okay, great, it's fine for mixing, but I don't really like to just sip on Maker's because um, I do like any bourbon I'm sipping on to have a little bit more bite. Um, I do enjoy this, though, because it is 101 proof. And Jacob, pretty fun fact, um, their cask strength, which I have not had, but I'm pretty sure somebody on here has had, uh, sits at about 112. Yeah, uh, 112, 114, I think. Yeah, and uh, so um, 90 to 101 is 11, uh, 11 points of difference proof-wise. Uh, their standard, in the early going. Yeah, I know, right? Their, their standard sits at 90 proof, and then uh, 101 to 112 is 11 points of difference. So whether this is, like, intentional, the 101 whiskey, or whether it's just happy accident, I don't know. But it is really good. Um, it does have a lot more bite to it. Um, so it is a very solid sipping bourbon. I definitely think it was an accident that they made it 101 proof. I don't think Jacob Pretty can call fun facts uh, fun facts when they're just math. He's he's Charlie Kelly looking at the board like <laughs> just trying to connect the dots. Can we talk about the bourbon, guys? I've been dying to talk to you about the bourbon. <laughs> Amazing. And speaking of that, Flynn, what are we doing tonight? So much. Uh, so we're going to go into our first segment of the night. Um, it is going to be a nerd debate. 
So we have all four of us here. Nerd debate. Uh, we have all nerd four of us debate. here for the first time in a while for a nerd debate. Um, so I'm hoping it can maybe go a little quicker, but probably not because Kevin no, can talk as much as he opposite. wants. Yeah. Um, so, Kevin, why don't you start us off with your question in nerd debate? I just want to say if we wanted this to go efficiently, we would two of us would have nerd debates a night. But we don't. Say. We want you to have all of the content. So we have all have all the ready. fun. Have all the fun. All right, here's my topic, and this has been on my mind. So there's a, there's a comic book series uh, called The Young Avengers, and you can go look it up um, and Google Young Avengers, and you'll see who is in it and different idioms of the comics and all this stuff. There's been a lot of predicting because the MCU, uh, both in the television shows on Disney+, Plus and in the feature films, have been introducing young characters that people are speculating will be in a future series called The Young Avengers. Some have been confirmed that they will, some have not. Um, what I'd like to know from the three of you, having given you a heads up that what I wanted to talk about tonight was the Young Avengers with no other context, is you've all seen, as we covered last week in, in talking about the MCU up to this point, you've all seen all the Disney Plus shows and you've seen all of the feature films. I want to know who should be chosen if the Russo brothers and Kevin Feige and all these people called you and said, hey, you are now in charge of the Young Avengers movie that's going to come out. You get to choose the cast. You get to choose the storyline. But the first thing we need you to choose is who's going to be the leader of the Young Avengers. Who would you choose out of all the characters that have so far been introduced whether or not they were in the comics, technically Young Avengers or not, I don't care. I'm asking you to, to choose a, a position and defend your argument. Who should lead the Young Avengers in the future feature film in the MCU? Can I, I guess I'll go first by asking a question and then following it up with an answer. Okay. Um, does Spider-Man in the MCU count in this young avenger because tom holland is on that board i mean he's young he's younger than me but like is what, no, so what say you on that so i i'm saying right now if you like that is a legitimate argument you could make for cool. this debate so i think i think the most obvious choice would be uh, uh tom holland spider-man um simply because he's kind of already um, he's been the nice segue from he's pulled in as an Avenger, uh, like a junior member of sorts, and then essentially um, uh, post No Way Home has now uh, granted. I actually do think No Way Home sets him up for s some great success with this because now it's not so much viewed as, uh, oh, Peter Parker, this person that we already knew about. Uh, it's just Spider-Man. So he could, in essence, I think, create a, the Young Avengers without so much fuss of people being, you know, like the old guy, whatever. Um, the, what's interesting that I will throw in there, Kevin, is that uh, in the comic Young Avengers, there, well, depending, I guess, on which one you're going with, right. there is like the old uh, Tony Stark, who's kind of like the, the aged Bruce Wayne, a la Batman Beyond, and kind of acts more as like uh, just a mentoring figure. Right. So I could see Tom Holland Spider-Man being like, the one who kind of assembles the Young Avengers and then immediately, like, retires and calls it a day. Interesting choice. I, I do think that I agree that he's not an Avenger anymore, right? So right. none of them know him. 
and I saw this really cool thing on Twitter, and I think it was posted from TikTok, but this guy was basically saying, so the, the MCU Spider-Man trilogy is basically a new origin story that no one knew was coming, because at the end of it, he's, he's his own new Spider-Man. I thought that was mm -hmm. really cool, a, a cool way to do that. Now we get to see him do his own thing. Um, so interesting choice. Uh, hope that actually uh, that actually bothers me a little bit more that they were like, oh, this is just now a new origin story, and you spent three movies and Civil War to figure it out. Um, okay, but three pretty incredible movies. I'm not mad that I watched any of them, but if that were the goal, and you're like, then I'm like, why did I give you money to just reset everything? And that makes me mad. But I don't um, think it's reset. Come on. Exactly. I don't either. That's why I reject that view because I am a am a smart consumer. Um, I think the answer is Kate Bishop um, from what she's in the Young Avengers and in, in multiple ideations of it. Um, she is actually slightly older than Spider-Man in the MCU. Um, she is mentored by Hawkeye, who is an Avenger himself. And I think there is a, a way that she can sort of grab and pull people from not being superpowered having an Avenger tie-in, and, and really just sort of being also in New York. Um, so that could be an easy place for her and Spider-Man to get together. But I think that her kind of grounded nature and and a little bit older already, uh, in as she's portrayed in the MCU, makes her a logical choice to just sort of be the go-to person and be the one that starts pulling people together because she's out there actively trying to just find and tie things together so she can kind of start this whole thing. And I think that's going to be a good way for her to, to develop into a superhero. Okay. And my answer, um, I think that you can look at it two different ways. When you think of leading the group versus leading the storyline, I think that, that Kate Bishop and Yelena's relationship in Hawkeye and their on-screen abilities that was phenomenal. Like those two actresses are going to take the MCU and lead it into a new era. But they I don't think that those two would be good necessarily like Iron Man type, get everybody together, organize or Captain America, get everyone together, organize. Um, pretty. I kind of liked what you said about about Spider-Man, um, but. He, I, I don't think that that's his trajectory. Um, what I do think, then they have not actually confirmed it, um, is a Miles Morales uh, tie-in that mm -hmm. he could bring in um, the the superheroes. He could bring in the everyday guys. He can bring in um, lots of different folks, and I think that he would be more of like the Captain America type rallying the troops leader um that that could push everyone together in a one direction interesting choices were made today um i walked in here and and please let me say briefly that i i do not do this the way flynn does it which is the person who wins is the person who i agree with uh the most um it might be the person who made the best arguments um which is how it's really supposed to be done here because uh, you know i I walked in here thinking Kate Bishop is the low-hanging fruit, and if whoever says that, I will not agree with, period. Because um, I think she's an awesome character, but she's in no way a leader. I really hoped one of you would have said Elijah Bradley, who plays Patriot, 
but I feel like as a collective, we've played, we've paid very few minutes of attention to um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a series. Um, but and he, he was, was a only character in, in that for a little bit, so I don't know much and about his character. It's very honest. quickly brushed over yeah. that I, like I understand. he actually gets the Isaiah Bradley super soldier stuff. Anyways. Oh, right, I understand, but I'm just saying. Um. I also really hoped someone would have said that kid from Iron Man 2 uh, or 3 that ends up at the funeral. Iron um, Man 3, yeah. Rumored to be rumored to be Iron Lad. Which um, Iron Lad is also Kang, right, in Kang, the, in the yeah. comics? Yes, yes. Yes, it but they haven't necessarily, yeah, they haven't necessarily yeah. spun it that way. They probably um, won't, but it'd be interesting if they made that little kid into the yeah, evil seems, guy. I, I, I thought about taking Kang the Conqueror for that reason, because I thought that would have been hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't justify it beyond, I'm just going to say Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Cassie Lang was another one I thought would be interesting mm-hmm. based on what she's been through. But okay, so, um, and then the, 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 the um, I was interested in the young girl from... Um, Captain Marvel, but then she's shown as a grown-up in mm-hmm. in uh, yep. uh, WandaVision, so that's she's not. Well, yes, because that's set in the nineties. But she also I well, yeah, understand. So um, okay, well, I think I think I'm a little bit skewed and also um, biased in the sense that. Flynn took Miles Morales and Pretty took Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite character that's been well-documented on the show. Uh, I've been watching Spidey and his amazing friends on several platforms with my son who loves Spider-Man, and that's like a a toddler's version of the show. Um, Miles Morales is on that, so is Ghost Spider, uh, Gwen, and it's clear on that show that Peter Parker is the leader. So I'm, I'm hesitant to see Miles Morales taking that mantle. Um... Uh, but I really don't view Peter Parker as someone who should be associating himself with the young Avengers. So I'm going to choose Huffcamp by default in the sense that I think he chose the person who's most prepared to be the a character who's actually going to show up in the young Avengers. But I hope, I really hope that Miles Morales does end up in the group. I don't think either of them end up being the leader. But I do think that Kate has a more established set of two mentors um, in Yelena and Hawkeye that I think that she will benefit from. And she definitely goes out on a limb. So I'm going with Kate Bishop, who I thought would be the only wrong answer uh, coming into this debate. That's what I have to say. Hove, uh, as the winner, I'm going to disappoint you up next. Okay. Okay. but you don't know how you're going to disappoint me. And I don't know what I was thinking about. And I thought about just putting it in there. Um, and I was going to be like, mine's about battles. And then I was like, that's, they're either going to immediate, it's going to be exactly what they think, or they're going to be like, that's vague. And I'm not going to have any help. So the risk was that I ruined the debate a little bit. And the reward was no different than it is now. Anyway, <laughs> so, so here it is. So I, uh, I chose not to say anything, but we are going to talk about battles. And one of the things I did, I watched some of the Lord of the Rings uh, while I was quarantined to the basement with COVID this past week. And um, Helm's Deep is like my favorite battle. I think it might be the best battle in cinematic show, whatever history. 
So that's my answer to this question. You can take it and make that argument, but much I'm going to tell you now I am biased against it because I want to hear other opinions on it, so you'll have to go above and beyond in your argument. But what is the battle that I, I guess I'm going to phrase it like this, but take it however you want. Like if you're only going to watch one climactic battle for eternity ever again, what's the one that you love the most that gives you the chills that you're going to turn on that you just are a big fan of the fictional battle depiction. I guess it doesn't have to be fictional, but the battle depiction um, in that show. I would like film, to go first. Whatever. Dang it. Yes. <laughs> I want it first. Okay. Kevin. Kevin has called dibs. Uh, there are three in my head that are amazing, but I'm going to pick the one that will Only make say one. Flynn have to pick something else. <laughs> um, because I know, what, I know what Flynn wants. I'm going to take it anyway. The answer is the final showdown with Thanos. Um, Avengers Endgame, the battle sequence is amazing because it starts off with the original three most BA heroes going up against Thanos, one on three, and Thanos seems to be winning. And a bunch of stuff transpires, right? We, we see Cap wield the hammer. We see us, all sorts of things take place. Um, Thanos eventually, um, you know, is, is in this position of power, and Cap is one versus a, a trillion people. And all he does is tighten the shield because that's who Captain America is. He's like, I will take you all on because that's who I am. And the chills that you get. And then you hear you hear Sam say on your left. And it's a callback to that bit between the two of them. And you get for, for several minutes in a row, you all were there with me when we watched this happen live. And the way that the, the theaters cheered. And that doesn't happen in every theater. But the way that the theaters actually cheered. Hundreds of people, thousands across. Well, it's of, it's it's weird that the theater cheers and you aren't upset by it. Exactly, because <laughs> yeah. you were cheering right alongside <laughs> it. It was a, it was a lot like No Way Home, so predictable that it was what was going to happen, and it didn't matter because it filled you with such emotion and amazing excitement, and oh my god, this is this worked. And and then there's all the little moments that come next. It's like this big climactic thing happened, and we haven't even gotten started. There's the rain fire. There's Captain Marvel showing up. There's the the women of Marvel badass sequence that, that happens really briefly. There's the, you know, hey, Peter Parker, and all the things in between, right? Clint, give it to me. Those guys have met one other time. Um, all of it was just perfect. Endgame was perfect, and I would I have watched that on YouTube on occasion, mm -hmm. just when I need to get revved up for something. It is the answer here. Though there are others I could have gone with, it is the one that makes the most sense. Flynn, pretty? Uh, Flynn, would you like to go? Sure. Um, I am going to uh, kind of go out of left field here um, and directly attack Kevin um, and say <laughs> that... Called him out! The 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 actual right answer for Marvel is Infinity War and that last battle scene when they arrive in Wakanda and the 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 ship sends down the the warriors um, while at the same time our heroes are also on another planet fighting the actual bad guy also while Thor is trying to get a new weapon to kill the bad guys. So we're in three different locations and we're all battling at scenes going back and forth. Um, and then they, they come to a head on Titan. 
they lose that battle. And, and and when you're watching cinema and you're watching that type of movie where it's it's Marvel movies, you're expecting the good guys to win, right? And so so as soon as um, Thanos defeats them, goes off to Earth, you're like, okay. Now we have one more location, and this is the final straw. It's going to happen. We're going to defeat Thanos here. What's going to happen? And then he wins, um, snaps everyone, uh, half the universe out of existence. I don't think I've ever been so frozen in my seat from when I was just watching people deteriorate on screen. Um, That level of unexpected, it was great you know, action. It was, it was great storytelling between the different scenes. Um, I think that that is the best battle scene, uh, in game is great, but, but that one in particular, I think, uh, is the best in all of Marvel. Interesting. Pretty finishes up. So, uh, I'm actually going with a film that probably maybe hope you have seen, maybe it's going to be bold. If you choose one that I haven't seen, um, I'm actually picking, uh, the 2000, Five film, uh, Kingdom of Heaven, starring Orlando Bloom. I, I have seen it. I'm not yes. intimately familiar with it, but I have seen That's it. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so it depicts a highly fictionalized portrayal of of um, the Crusades. Um, uh, you know, content aside, uh, the the cinematic battle sequence takes like it's a solid. Uh, it, it's actually um, been documented that it's not. A hundred percent historically accurate, but for a cinematic battle, it is pretty accurate because they go through and show like uh, this this siege taking place over what feels like an eternity because it really I think and encapsulates it's not like the longest cinematic battle um, in history, but it is something like thirty to forty minutes of the movie is just this battle and it goes through like each each stage and you see the different um elements that they try to bring in uh bringing in the siege towers it's very reminiscent honestly of lord of the rings but just feels a little bit more um you know real realistic and based in realism uh so that's my uh go-to if i'm going outside of lord of the rings is kingdom of heaven battle sequence okay um interesting interesting takes um Two interesting takes, one expected take. Um, I think that I'd have to go back and rewatch that. Pretty, I can't. I don't think I can give it to you just because I can't picture the magnitude of it. Uh, But I do very much appreciate you sticking to your guns, going against the grain, and choosing a battle sequence that, if I do remember correctly, I, I think the whole movie was enjoyable, but I didn't get the epic battle sequence stakes that I get. Um, in yeah. some of these other ones. Um, I think, Flynn, that you chose why I like Infinity War more than Endgame. But I think that the battle, I think that the stakes and them losing is why I like it more. Um, I, don't, I don't think it was unexpected. I'm pretty sure we all knew they were going to lose that round. <laughs> um, but But I do, I like that movie more because it does make it a little more real. You get a little bit more Thanos in there. And they lose. And I think that's pretty cool and unique. I thought that I... Because the in, the in-game battle is much like Kevin said with Kate Bishop. The one that I was like, that's that's the other one that I think you could pick. Um, and it is. It is. You get When Cap is standing there with the hammer, 
I got chills. I still get chills. Um, and sometimes when I've seen things as many times as I've seen that, the chills wear off, and I was expecting the chills to wear off, and they didn't. Um, I was really, really hoping, Flynn, that you would come in with the Battle of Scarif at the end of Rogue One and mm, good give one. me a good, compelling argument for that or anything Star Wars. <sighs> see, okay, I was thinking I was thinking going that route, but then I was like, no, I'm going to go more realistic and see if I can appeal I, to it, and it was great. Realism. I think, actually, I very much enjoyed this debate. This is what most of the debates that I come up with that have failed were spo- that, I, that I wanted them to be. But I unfortunately do have to give this to Kevin. So um, what I'm hearing I, is I, both I hate, of I you... you think that's unfortunate. Both um, of you I, have... I, I, judged it by saying well they chose the one that i agree with most i so don't I'm agree with choose most. them that's what i've heard that's what i've heard jacob i think you chose poorly in picking a battle that is inferior to the one that kevin chose in the so same kevin universe. just went first and that's why he won got it okay i, I made a better things argument. i was curious, well, and and I, I i did do that very much on purpose sure had had you chosen had someone else gone first i was gonna have to decide between two mel gibson uh, final battles because the one in the Patriot and the one in Braveheart <laughs> are two <laughs> phenomenal ones. And I would I probably, have I probably would have won with the Patriot, but I, w- I would not have been true to myself because the the real answer is Endgame. But the one at the end of the Patriot, I had probably even better so, arguments. So for. let me let me get let me just explain this. Endgame was the easy one, and I wanted a different battle to be argued as well as that because I would choose it, and you chose. The, like the wrong battle from the same universe and pretty went out of left field, which I respect. But it just, I don't know, I need a lot more than that. Things I happen. think the way to solve this is we got to rank battles in like 20 weeks. So I was hoping for a few we'll different ones to maybe pop up Battle of Scarif um, or anything, or maybe even um, the initial you battle. You do a ranking of, of battles. I'm down for that. Um, yep. I thought Minas Tirith could have been an interesting one. Just be like, yeah, just stick with Lord of the Rings. Let's do that one. So, so uh, there, there were okay. lots of cool ones. So my uh, nerd D-Day debate and Saving Private Ryan, phenomenal, very good. Yep. So my nerd debate, uh, just keeping it real simple. Uh, it actually kind of goes a little more. Um, it's kind of less nerdy, maybe more on the side of ethics, but we'll see. Um, so without spoiling, well, whatever, it's going to spoil it. Um, there Today's is spoiler an, alert. We move on. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert for Book of Boba Fett. Spoiler alert. There is an appearance of a character who we have already seen, so I feel like I don't have to spoil it whatever um if you saw the mandalorian in the mandalorian season two you know that my childhood dream was fulfilled when i saw master jedi luke skywalker uh just absolutely annihilate these droids and it was amazing and we got a little more taste of that and another awesome battle sequence that i actually would have allowed to maybe beat kevin like that was that was really good great um so so my question uh, great. <laughs> My question to you all. Um, so we've seen uh, specifically, I think, a lo- I mean, a lot of it in Star Wars. We've seen um, moments of CGI de-aging and we've seen moments of CGI recreation of um, uh, past actors, uh, actors who have passed, uh, specifically Peter Cushing uh, as Grand Moff Tarkin in um uh, Rogue One. So my question to you all is, where is the line for this way, whole way to CGI go? Way stuff? to go! Not choosing Carrie Fisher, who's a much bigger issue here. When did what did she, most oh, of the? Okay, hold third on. But well, one. hold on. Well, she what shot they did some of those the, scenes, but she everything that she was in as her her like older self, that was all stuff that she had shot, and they just repurposed the footage. Um, 
the only thing that they use, they use that same technology to do the de-aging thing to my, it wasn't, I guess what I'm saying is it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the same as in like the Peter, whatever point is, is where is it acceptable, not acceptable on this whole CGI, uh, stuff. Um, you can use an example if you'd like. Um, essentially I'm just looking for who's got the best argument with this because I don't know how I feel about it. So sometimes it makes me happy. Sometimes it jump in with a quick clarifying before I launch into it. Um, the, you're talking specifically, not like CGI Legolas, uh, shooting down the troll or on the Oliphants. No, no, I'm talking talking about altering, altering an actor's appearance. Yes. In order, either altering their appearance or making them look like somebody else entirely. Yeah. Okay, so ethically, um, as long as the actor is like, yeah, do that, I'm in, I'll voice it, or do whatever you got to do to make it look good on screen, I'm all in. Um, Body doubles have been done before. You know, for Darth Vader is not James Earl Jones walking around. So I don't think that there's any issue if the an alive person says, you know what, I'm a hell of a lot older than you want me to be, but that is my character, so I'll voice it now, age it out. Um, where it is a problem is when you just say, well, that person died. I'm just going to steal their image and put them in stuff. And now their image, their name is tied to something that they might not have gotten signed off on. And in some cases, I don't know for sure about this. They don't get royalties. So my line is they have to consent. And if they don't consent, that estate better unanimously consent. Um, and there better be royalties going to people. Um, and I don't know if that's the case, but I think that in a lot of the instances, the fact that they're dead is the hurdle that they're getting around and not actually helping or doing anything ethically okay once they've passed. So I think the consent is where I land. I, I 100% agree with Hovecamp. Um, to bring in a different current issue, Hulu has a new show out called Pam and Tommy which is all about Pamela Anderson yes. and Tommy Lee, which is um, around the same time when their sex tape got leaked. And neither Pam or Tommy Lee have had given any consent to Hulu or any of the actors in order to portray these real-life living people um, for, for a show that's being made right now. And that's just... It, it, it should be a criminal offense, and it is incredibly unethical, and I hate that it's happening. I side with Hubcamp. For me, it's about money. Mark Hamill better be getting paid. Um, I don't care if if he's not even doing the voice for oh, Luke. I understand he is. But if he wasn't and they were still portraying his freaking face, he better be getting paid because they wouldn't remake these things if he wasn't so good at them. Um, I, I think I think that they they have got to to um, they've got to make sure that the original actors are compensated. The the de-aging thing doesn't bother me as much as the CGI creation of people who are no longer living because I have less trust that those people's estates and or families are getting compensated appropriately for what's happening there. Um, but I also don't know where the line is in the sense that like Princess Diana is dead and five or six different things came out in the last two years with actresses depicting Princess Diana, and I'm sure that her family is receiving no royalties or her estate is receiving no royalties for that work. So I'm a little bit di- different in the sense that an actress's portrayal of a character, the character's getting recreated later versus a human being's being recreated later. I don't know where the line is. I'm a little bit struggling there. 
but I, I tend to have the same line on the sand that Huffcamp does, that if they're alive, you better get consent, otherwise you do not have my approval or support. Yeah, I think we're all in the same <clears throat> same boat there, but I, I'll take it a, a different way as well so that we don't have to just uh, have the same argument. I hated Mark Hamill being in The Mandalorian. That cameo of him being de-aged at the end, he comes in. I thought it was complete fan, you know, fanfare, um, you know, appeasing only, you know, only only there so that people. It was just fanfare for the common man. Yeah, so. And that's really all that it was. I just I, I thought it was a lazy storytelling. I thought that it was there for the clicks, the 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 viral moment, the the oohs and ahs. I don't think it added much to the story. Um, but you can't I, think that anymore, can you? I haven't watched Book of Boba Fett, so I don't, I don't know Flynn's if that's oh, okay. Okay, well, <laughs> well, I hated it when it came to the Mandalorian. Okay, well, uh, you're gonna I, think that's real stupid that you said that when you. I see liked Book it more in the Mandalorian than I did in Boba Fett. I think that they, I think that this is getting right. But where when you've seen Book of Boba Fett, you can't think that what happened before was dumb anymore. I didn't think it was dumb. I thought it was so amazing. I it was amazing. Flynn's an idiot, but like, I thought it was dumb. Just watch Book of Boba Fett. Stop watching whatever the hell you're watching. Bring in new characters. Bring in interesting new characters. Don't re purpose old characters and de-age them with CGI. No, 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 no. no we're, we're off topic and already taking too long, but I just have to say Mark Hamill and others have, have talked about the fact that they viewed Luke Skywalker like an origin story that never got to be realized. He doesn't become a real Jedi till Return of the Jedi. You see him for like five minutes being an actual Jedi and then he's just done? And you never get to see him again till he's this old, crusty dude in the movies that suck later on? No. There's a real plan and suspicion that the Jedi stories that are going to be released on Jedi stories, Jedi new. tales. Oh man, I, I don't know. I have a new. I have a new question. So finish this point. There's out. something coming out on Disney Plus later on. It's called Jedi Something, and and the suspicion is that it's Luke after Return of the Jedi as he's establishing the new Jedi Order and and building up the temple. Everybody involved in the story thinks. Yeah, you created this incredible character and then just let him go. And that was wrong. If Rocky had ended at Rocky, or Rocky 2, or Rocky 3, Rocky 4, or even Rocky 5, we would have been like, we need more Rocky. We need more Rocky. <laughs> so, okay, so I don't even know what you're talking about. This question. <laughs> just, just for a hot two seconds, would you rather have um, the finished product of three movies a la Darth Vader, but with the origin story that is the prequels? Or would you rather have the origin story that is the original trilogy for Luke Skywalker, but then total disservice for your finished product? I want both. I'd rather have both. Flynn answer this question, but the correct answer <laughs> is the Darth Vader because they ruined Luke Skywalker. And they, they ruined John, Anakin Skywalker John Favreau too. <laughs> and Dave, Filo- Dave Filoni are doing the the Lord's work by by fixing this for us. Go ahead, Flynn. What's your point? Flynn has no more points. No, no, it's, okay, it's, it's clear he yeah. lost so, the debate. It's um, between Huffcamp and I. Huffcamp and uh, Kevin went on many rants and asked more questions. For which one of us yeah, so here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to, yeah, yeah. Give me so the So first off, I do actually agree with Flynn in the sense of I, 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 I love seeing Skywalker back, Luke Skywalker back. However, at this point, I now think that, and because Mark Hamill's already signed off on this, they should just be like, Sebastian Stan, you're in. 
because Hamill already said go for it, and Stan said he'd be up for it. Anyways, uh, I'm Who's going in a with... terrible biopic right now of Pam Anderson, by the way. Well, yeah. just to bring that Especially full circle. Stan is? That hurts. Yeah, he's Tommy yeah. Lee. So, uh, unfortunately, though, I am going to because Kevin brought this up um, the the point of uh, the subject matter, making sure the estate or that family is also receiving royalties for portrayals. So I'm giving it to Kevin because he brought in an extra uh, loop into this kind of ethical debate that I was sure I uh, that, didn't think about. That's fine too. I will take my half shot. I didn't know we were taking shots. We, we anyways, did. We aren't. It's fine. Flynn, Flynn's up. What, what, I, thought what when you you lose the, I thought when you win the debate, the other two take like a little sip of the bad stuff. Nobody's been doing that. Oh, man. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> Come on, Flynn. I'm going to make sure Hope Camp loses here. Uh, so, so I was nope, recent, <laughs> I was recently finishing up my, my re-listen uh, or re-read slash listening of the audiobooks of the Harry Potter series. Um, and it, it came to where where Harry and you mean, Ron... Uh, the, the story of apparently one of the not top ten wizards of fiction? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, in we'll, get to that. we'll get to that. I don't think the story is about <laughs> Professor McGonagall. I don't think it's Also not one of the top ten, apparently. Yeah. I didn't uh, even get Hermi- to that. <laughs> Hermione's not either. Um, I know. But- so Snake, I get to the so I many. get to the part where where Hermione is telling the story of the the Peveril brothers and, and talking about how they encountered death and and the three the, the Deathly Hallows and while I was listening to it slash you know reading this audiobook, um, it hit me that the movie portrayal was so much better than the book and that doesn't happen a lot. And so I want your opinion. What are things that movies or TV shows or whatever have actually done better than what was portrayed in the original text or book or whatever? I'll, I, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, that is that is one of the few times, maybe the only time in the entire Harry Potter where I'm just like, you, this was better in the movie. Because yep. the imagery and the way that they so cool. were able to do some unique things is very cool. And, and Emma Watson flawlessly um, tells that. So the the answer in general is battles. Reading a battle doesn't quite give you the same thing as seeing it. And I'm going to go back to mine then, and the answer is Helm's Deep. So yes, there's some things, you know, there's no elves in the book, and that's kind of cool. And but But the way that you can bring everyone together, the way that you can visualize and see and what when you can add the music and the rain and Gandalf coming in with the sunrise down the hill with with the Rohirrim and and all of that, you can't create that level of epic proportions with text. You can create the same stakes and the same like, ooh, that was awesome. I really enjoyed reading that. But you can't create the chills that come from a battle sequence, and you can't create a battle sequence quite like you can at Helm's Deep. I agree, and I think I sort of want to just forfeit at this point because my answer, because the only answer I can think of where the the movie's better than the book or book series is the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, the books are good, but because the books are written in a way that you sort of follow a, a one, you know, as we do the Lord of the Rings drinking game. You follow the the heroes, the hobbits, and and the others mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. It's harder to follow, and it's a worse way to experience the story than the film provides. So, um, 
that's like the only example I have where I'm not saying the books are bad. The books were source material for one of the greatest movie series ever created. Um, I love it. I just, I don't think you can really do it well in the same way. The backup that I had was Star Wars in the sense that the Star Wars books that were written, and this might cause Pretty to have a, a reaction, but the Star Wars books that were written, I read m- many of them, including and especially the best one, which was The Shadows of the Empire. Absolutely, it's the best. It is the best. But the sh- but those kinds of books, they were either never made into a movie or the stories were then pirated and corrupted in the crappy cartoons children's shows that we're supposed to now follow if you want to watch these awesome shows on Disney Plus. But <laughs> I watch a couple of them. I have tried. They're, they're I hate them. Coming. But I just I think Star Wars isn't meant for the page, it's meant for the screen. I think Lord of the Rings was made for the page but made better by the screen. Cool. Uh my answer um and nobody uh nobody come for me on this, but my answer is actually Hunger Games. And my reason with this is not the entirety of Hunger Games. I'm not saying because I absolutely thought the book was so much better. But mm-hmm. in terms of the visualization when she's actually in the games, um, specifically I'm thinking worst, in worst um, in uh, uh, Catching Fire when uh, like the whole concept of the clock – like trying to visualize that in the book, I was like, okay, cool. I, I have an idea. But then seeing it kind of played out actually in the film uh, with like showing these kind of different areas where you see these things happening, I was like, oh, that, oh man, that would be terrifying AF. So that's my answer. That was good, but that doesn't take away from a point I've made on the show before that the books are so much better than the movies in, oh, in no, infinite ways. He asked for a moment. He asked for a moment. Okay. I, and he didn't I, ask I, for a whole thing. The, uh, in particular, the moment that I thought was most well done in the books in the clock was when they were trapped in like the, the horror, the rain was making them like see boils. Yeah. Yeah. Their terrors. And that was not as well done in the movies. And that was, I thought the best part of the clock. Um, Uh, I also want to go on record real quick as not a hundred percent agreeing with Kevin. Cause I feel like he, he didn't say it, but he was like, let me piggyback off you. Ho fam. And, <laughs> totally I, really, piggyback and I really don't want, I think the source <laughs> material is your, way your better argument. than the movies. I think Helms deep is portrayed in a more fascinating and captivating and better fashion on film than it is in the books. It's a, it's not the best way to tell the story. I, I agree when you can, when you have like just Frodo and Sam, and then here's the rest of the fellowship that you really wanted to read about. But it is, um, still much better to read the books than watch the movies. I, I the shan't books. be accused of pigging backing. I did, didn't I say did it. no you such didn't thing. It. You didn't say it, but I feel like the same emotions were, were being... What I'm, what I'm visualizing Mm-mm. in my head right now as you all talk is is grip hook on the back of of Harry in, underneath the robe, and, and <laughs> that's that, Kevin is just whispering into Hope Camp's ear. They know. So, um, it's, except, the, except like it's actually he's actually lighter and smaller than Grip Hook. On that's back. true. That's true. And and <laughs> who and, also played Willow, who meaner? I hope you've had time to see since <laughs> since the last time we were together. They're they're coming out with a reboot of Willow on Disney Plus because the original Willow was so good. You've you've I will been only home. watch it if Warwick Davis is in it. You've been home. He, he's the main character. Good. I will watch it. 
Go watch Willow. It's on this is, Disney+. Plus. This has been, this is one segment. <laughs> Flynn, adjudicate <laughs> uh, so we can do something else. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give the win to Pretty. Uh, I liked the, I liked his, his point. Uh, but, uh, Hope came your point of battles just aren't done well in books. It's a great um, point because in in Game of Thrones, um, Hardhome is in the book. Apparently, I have not read it, but it, it's basically it's just like they went to Hardhome, then they came back, and nothing so, was so said. No POV character goes to Hardhome. Jon Snow is not there, and no one else that goes to Hardhome is a character that you read a perspective a from. Yeah. So. You don't you get the narration of Hardhome secondhand as Jon Snow or someone else is at the wall or Sam, but you don't get to visually see Hardhome. So that's why that but that is basically what happens. Um, so to see it was was incredible. And that is a a better answer than what Pretty said and one that I would have <laughs> given him the win for over Helm's Deep. But I think your judgment is horrible on this. OK, Thank what you. are we doing next? <laughs> Movie references that Flynn won't understand. All right, so next up, uh, we're actually bringing you a, um, a segment um, that we've done several different times. Um, and this time, uh, we're rotating it around. If you recall in the past, uh, we, we like to make fun of Flynn for not knowing movies. So we have brought, him, uh, brought to him before movie quotes, um, and he usually fails. Uh, the one time he succeeded, he actually got a perfect score, or nearly perfect score, was with Marvel. No, no, we and got then, like fifty percent of them. It's just been the best anyone's done on this game. Whatever, yeah, I'm the best. You're interrupting. That is so different than nearly perfect. I'm, the I'm best. not gonna let you. I, I agree with Jacob. The I'm the best. So, podcast, pretty. So uh, then, Undefeated. after that, uh, everyone thought it'd be funny to <laughs> challenge my knowledge of Star Wars. I failed miserably. Mm. You did. Um, only to be outdone. I'm yeah. pretty. I did. I do think I. I've done the worst thus far. Um, no, you didn't. Hove Camp. We then embarrassed him with his apparent lack of knowledge of lord of the rings quotes that was um so tonight we thought it'd be nice to give kevin his shot at trying to prove his knowledge bring it Uh, but because kevin is known as a jack of all trades master of none there is not one particular topic that he is absolutely knowledgeable in so instead or maybe there are are... three that i'm absolutely knowledgeable in he actually Uh also there's also a version of me that thinks that kevin could have done like one quote better than all three of us on our respective expert ones um so i I disagree but sure i i I just want i wonder if our quote-unquote experts is just like kevin all he does is sit around and watch stuff, and that's, that's what all I do. Yep, that's we all shall see. I walk into his office at work, and he just has on CBS. And... <laughs> oh, it's the they put the new season of Criminal Minds on Netflix. I've already seen it, but you know it's good so, to watch while you're at work. That's a funny. That's a funny thing to say because I have seen exactly zero episodes of Criminal Minds. Um, my wife loves Criminal Minds, and so I've been oh, in course. the room while it's been played, but I, have, I don't know anything about it. I can't oh, name yeah, a yeah. single Criminal Minds character. Oh, look, look. I mean, look, you've just been in the room while it, the whole entire series has been on. It's just a you room where I have them, though. Probably not. Probably not. So we're going to bring in three separate, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we've got three separate uh, things. Uh, three things that we kind of, we discussed it with Kevin. We were like, ah, what would you maybe be good at? And then we kind of picked our own based on that. Um, so uh, we'll just go ahead and reveal it to the listeners so that way you don't have to guess. Um, Hove Camp has brought forth some new, go- new girl quotes. Yes, um, uh, Flynn is bringing forth some West Wing quotes. And then I have Boy Meets World. I guarantee nobody uh, in our audience things. has ever watched West Wing. So. <laughs> but it's Pretty the best. Sure that is correct. Some of it may be, uh, Kristen. I've, so I, th- I actually thought that I would I would be getting West Wing quotes because I've seen the first four seasons of it. Um, well, which as the first Kevin five, has ex- first five are the only thing you need to see. Period. I was going to say, whenever Kevin tells me what I've watched, he's like, oh, good, you stopped perfectly. And I was like, well, then why would I keep going? Yeah. Um, but but he didn't, and I have seen New Girl. I'm finishing up my like third or fourth rewatch. So um, so it, there it are there are nine total possible books. answers. I think I am going to bet on myself and say I will do. Uh, I will get five of the nine or more correct. So I'm okay. going to take the over on myself. At, well, I'm going to say I'm going to get five. You three have to choose over or under. But I will go ahead and add a, a bet. So I've poured myself a shot of moonshine. This is actually from uh, Villa Hills, where I live in northern Kentucky. It's called the Villa Hillbillies. It's a hundred proof moonshine that's made right here. Um, uh, I think the distillery has moved uh, a little bit north, but is it's labeled born in Villa Hills, Kentucky. I have not tried it. It could be great. It could be crap. I do not know. But if I get less than five... That is what I will drink tonight. Uh, Hove, Flynn, Pretty, do you choose the over or the under on five? I'm going to take the under. This has proven difficult for that person in the chair. And it while seriously I has think, every time. I think that I have my shot of Bushmills poured here as well. Um, well, I think that this bottle never ends, by the way. I can't believe that I still have any it's of It's been this. there for a while. Um, and I'm taking full shots whenever I do this. Other than the half shot from the one time, uh, I think you. I think you're going to get most of mine. I think that Flynn has no idea what a common West Wing quote is, which is real dicey for both the under and the over, because he could be picking real obscure ones with no idea. And I don't think that what Pretty will be choosing on the fly, because I feel like he hasn't prepared at all for his Boy Meets World quotes. Um, I think he'll stump you enough. So I think I'm going to choose the under just because it's proven difficult. But okay, let's see how it goes. Okay, so Hubcamp took the under. Flynn, what do you take? I am also taking the under. If you go under, I'll take a shot of Old Tub. Now, I'm also willing to go to the punishment grid if anyone is interested in that. Flynn, will you go to the grid if I get all betting. three West Wing quotes correct? What? Ooh. Will you go to the grid if I get all three West Wing quotes correct? How do you go to the grid in this situation? If he doesn't get all three West Wing quotes correct, that's not, I thought that was obvious. How about how about this? Two two is a tie. Two is a tie. No 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 no, Flint Flint stop 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 nope. stop stop. I Kevin take is two is a tie. Get, oh my I take god, two is Flynn, a tie. Two is a tie. Idiot negotiator. I'm, no, I, idiot negotiator. Listen, two was I'm a trying to make it more you. fair. I was trying to make it more fair. Oh two is a tie. Stop making it fair and punish the man. I think I'm going to get all three, but I'll if take If you get all three right, I'll go to the punishment grid. If you only get one right, you go to the punishment grid. All right. 
Okay. Pretty deal. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the push. Of course. You're going to. You always take the push. That's it. But I don't think push exists in this scenario because I have to name I have to name the exact person who said the quote. That's the that's the deal in this scenario. Yeah. So you think I'm gonna not remember Um, the person's name in Boy Meets World? You also you also didn't put it at a half, which is what you're supposed to do. Uh, But well, that's what we say we're supposed to do. It's not always the case. So um, Jacob's so at a push. There are a uh, couple of times. I think Jacob I says I get, I get five. I'm going to get more specific on this, though. Okay. I think he is going to get two of the three new girls and two of the three Boy Meets Worlds and one West Wing. Okay. So you're essentially e- agreeing with Flint. Would you also then go to the punishment grid if Kevin gets all yes. three West Wings? Yes. Yes, I will. Okay. Uh, it is in record, so someone start. Let it be known. Hove Camp, you go first, then Jacob, then me. I have to name the, uh, the sayer of the quote. Yes. Um, there are a couple, so I do know the context of all of my quotes. If you can also name the context, I would appreciate you more, but you do only have to guess the character for the point. Um, so here's my quote. Do I regret it? Yes. Would I do it again? Probably. The uh, the character is Nick. Don't remember the context. See, that to me makes it feel like you just guessed a character. No, I remember him saying it, but there are so many points in that series where <laughs> Nick could have said those words. <laughs> he uh, he hits on Jess's mom at, yep. I think, the first Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving. And like, falls yep. in love with her. Or, like, he's yep. falling for her. Her like, dad and her mom it? Yes. both come Probably. to the first one. Yeah, oh, I one agree. For one. Yep. Jacob, that was Nick. Up. Yep, that is Nick. So Kay. you did get that right. Okay. That, that was my measuring stick, because I thought that was medium toughness. Flynn. All right, Kevin. You're a smart, savvy woman who could easily consider world domination as a next career move. <laughs> I kind of did that on I purpose. Just heard, All right, Kevin, you're a smart, savvy woman. <laughs> I know it worked. It worked. That's what I'm saying. You're so a you smart, savvy woman again, who could easily consider that's a, world that's domination really as a next career move. I don't. No, I, I heard. I heard you. I think the answer to the question is Sam Seaborn to Ainsley Hayes, but I'm just going to say Sam Seaborn as the author of the quote. Charlie Young says that. <laughs> Dule Hill. To Zoe. To Zoe. No punishment good for me. He says that to CJ. I don't know is who that CJ to Zoe? is. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, well, that's not true. She's the okay. press secretary. All right. Okay. I actually realized when you were saying that that I could not have named a character. I was like, I forgot all of their names. <laughs> As I turned the corner and walked down that road, it occurred to me either I was going the wrong way or that semi truck was, but that's life and it's all we have. Thank you. Corey Matthews. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Disregard, disregard. Is that from Girl Meets World? <laughs> nope. It's not from either, but I recognized it because Kevin and you probably might recognize it. It's from uh, How to Succeed in Business Without Really say, Trying. I was really concerned that I didn't pick up on that in a rewatch of Women's <laughs> World. 
having seen the musical. What are you do? <laughs> do you need a minute? Do we need to skip you? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Uh, friendship is the real gift. It is given with no expectation. No gratitude is necessary. Uh, it's Mr. Fiend. That is correct. All right. He is two for three. I'm concerned that you just read. I'm concerned that pretty just read the first one off of like the quote of Boy Meets World. <laughs> Like, it's like top five quotes of Boy Meets World, and he just reads no, off. Like, this is Mr. Feeney's word of wisdom number one. All right. Ready, Kevin? Yep. The very fact that socks exist is proof shoes don't work. I love that quote. <laughs> what was that, Flynn? I love that quote so much. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it again? No, I I want to say Nick I want to say Nick Miller, but I think it might be Winston Bishop. I have not distinguished from characters, so there could be repeat characters. I will be honest about that. No, I, I understand. I, I that's what I'm saying is I want to say that's a Nick Miller quote, <laughs> but it could be a Winston Bishop. You're gonna have to pick one. I'm going first instinct. I'm I'm saying Nick Miller. It is Cece. in her at her bachelorette party, oh, aka yeah. the return of Hajess. <laughs> the return of Hajess. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. That okay. was that was a tough one. I'll be honest. That, that, was that a is tough a one. really tough one, but but uh, it was also a, a popular one, but a tough one. Sure. Sure. Two for four. One. <laughs> two for four. Two for four. You have to get this one right to uh, even push. With the, the punishment grid, okay? I understand. You would have won. You would have already won if you just would have been a normal, moralist person. Listen, okay, I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying he to be actually, nicer to people. Does make better. See what he says next. Kevin, <laughs> I drink next. from the keg of glory. Bring, Bring me, me the, the finest, finest muffins bagels and, and bagels, bagels in, in all land. the land. This is uh, Josh Lyman. Okay, yeah, that's right. And it, the actual quote is, I drink from the keg of glory, Donna. Uh, bring me the finest <laughs> muffins and bagels in all the land. It's on a quote poster in my office at home. Pretty? Was that enough time for you to find a second Boy Meets World quote? Mm -hmm. Three for five. Oh, Boy Meets World. What? Oops. Okay. Uh, the it's not the Mr. changes Feeney. that matter. If you got a Mr. Feeney quote without doing a Boy Meets World quote, we got issues. <laughs> Anyways, it's not the changes that matter. It's how you react to the changes. This is a boy meets world quote. <laughs> yeah. Not girl meets world. Hmm? Alan Matthews. It is Eric Matthews. So he is a, an even three for six, one for two on all of these, correct? Yep. Yes. All right. This was one that I recently rewatched. So I'm going to do this one because it's fresh in my mind. In my defense... No one here emotes in a normal way. <laughs> Reagan. Yes. yes that is I Reagan. Loved I love. <laughs> I just saw Nick running on purpose. Yeah. Nick, Nick, Nick I is. See Nick, you. Nick went for a run. Nick went for a run. And everyone else is concerned. And Reagan's like, why? This is a normal thing. And she right was. Yeah, it's not then, a normal thing. Really well done. She admits defeat that Nick is. Uh, yeah, in my defense. I was. So I was. I love that i love that quote and uh i was two for three in new girl quotes two for three in new girl two for three okay that kay. fulfills and my one of the curious the, the cc one the cc one was the one that i did that was I really was my hard. hardest one yeah that um, was really hard 
But the rest of these, I also think, are pretty easy. So, yeah. All right, Kevin, last one. If you were in an accident, I wouldn't stop for red lights. That's a Donum Telemoss. That is true. Yep. That's a push. So nice that's work. five. That's five. That's a sh- that's this. Yeah, I was really confident about West Wing quotes. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't even hesitate on two of the three that you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really good at West Wing quotes. Well, and, and the most anyone's seen is me part of the series one time through a few years ago. So, like, no one's going to be able to pick a quote that they love, but that maybe is a little bit more. I'll just say this while Pretty gets his quote ready. All, ready all the movies quiet. I have ever recommended Flynn watch. All of them are Sorkin. I would recommend none of them oh. <laughs> more than I would recommend people watching at least the first five seasons of The West Wing. It is so incredible. Pretty, what's your quote? My quote is this. But your family and those friends you made along the way will protect you. And you find the world will protect you too. Uh, that is Sean Hunter to Corey's little brother who's born and is in the hospital. Ooh, I'm so proud of myself because I intentionally tried to read that with a Sean Hunter vibe to throw you off. It's Corey saying it to Sean. Say it again. <laughs> I don't think you did a good Sean Hunter. I don't think you did a good Sean Hunter. But your family you and those friends you made along the way will protect this you. This is not And Sean you Hunter. find the world will protect you too. You're saying that's Corey, that's Sean to Corey? You sound like Corey Keanu Keanu Corey, Sean. In I don't, when, I don't, oh my God. Like, I don't, you suck. You're the worst at this. <laughs> it's a push. Uh, Kevin, that is, that have, is the, the, a massive number of things. He didn't push. To, he got five. Oh, he pushed pretty. Yeah, I got five. Uh, Kevin, I win. I do, this was the other one that I was suggesting or that I was considering, and I just want to see if you can get it. It really bums me out that I'll never know the infinite joy of what it feels like to carry a child inside of me. feel like that's – I think I know who that is. This is a bonus one. doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay. I, I remember the quote. I should have done that one instead of the Reagan. No, 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 one. no. I remember no, the quote, yeah. and I remember watching it and, and giggling. <laughs> I think the exactly answer is. I think the answer is Winston Bishop, but I I don't remember for <laughs> certain. It's Coach. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's Coach. But yeah, uh, now, but now yeah, that you say that, that is... I remember it. It immediately. Mm-hmm. It's Coach. Yeah. So that was I was between that one and the Reagan one, but the Reagan one was just so fresh and perfect. Oh yeah. Thought, so absolutely. Okay, so right, I got so my Kevin, five. Got... I was right. So you guys drink. I did. I don't because I, I, I called the push. You got five. Oh no, your bet. You you won your bet as a push, but I guessed five. I already took a drink. Yeah. Yeah, which means I don't yeah. have to drink. Oh, okay, so Flynn and Hub Camp drink. Yeah. I, I did. Oh, I, did. No. I, I took my but shot. But I have this I shot of moonshine now. So is something going to happen? Oh, that's gonna uh, make me wh- there will be another bet and another time, and you will consume it. But for now. No one asked for this. Have I done the Apologies best? Apologies to all. No, I had five oh, yeah, and a half of Marvel. Like, more than half? I think I had That's five and a half in Marvel. Yeah, Flynn did have five uh, and a half in Marvel. Still the seems, best. Seems shady. Undefeated. We'll have to go. Never lost. You pick the episode. We'll go back. I'll do better. We'll do better. Never we'll lost. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you asked for none of it. Apologies. There it was. Have a drink on us. 
specifically Kevin because he is the greatest and wisest of all of the quoters. Greatest. He will purchase all of your drinks. Kevin if you walk gray. up to Kevin Reynolds at a bar and you say, "Hey, Bourbon and Brothers," he will purchase your bar tab for the next. And then he'll decade. hop up on a stool. But have a drink on us. Hey, we love. We'll, we love what you're listening. Uh, tune in next week. We'll we'll see you then. I'll I'll probably buy you a t-shirt. It's true. It's true. <laughs>